This is CouncilCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next-level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. Yeah, my name is Steve Fretzen. I'm a four-time author, podcast host of Be That Lawyer. And most importantly, I work with lawyers every single day to help build the practice of their dreams through business development and marketing, coaching, and training. Most lawyers don't learn business development in law school or at the law firm level with me. They do. They realize that winging it is not a great strategy and having processes, plans, and execution in place and accountability to achieve goals that anything's possible. Steve, the the part that you left out is that you are also a former guest of the podcast. <laughs> this is your... Second that is time true. around. I did leave that out. How could I forget? <laughs> That's oh an important God. part of you. You should be adding that into your bio. That's an important part for everyone to know. Well, we have so much in common. I feel like it's we are kind of not quite overlapping, but definitely we have so many topics and information and clients and work in common, but we do slightly different things. And so that's part of what we're going to talk about. So we were talking about this before we started recording, and I think where all of these pieces of marketing and business development and all of the parts of running a law firm get overwhelming. And so I think the the question that we're going to talk about today is, is balance realistic for lawyers? So let's start by talking about what, first of all, is the difference between the kind of work you do and the kind of work we do. So business development versus marketing. I know you have a great article that you just wrote on your site about this. So let's start by figuring that out first. All right. So I wanted to define those two things because lawyers love to call business development marketing and they'll call anything business development or marketing, which is better than sales. That's the, that's the evil word they never want to use. So they'll, they'll figure out any other word other than sales to call what they're doing. But the reality is that the way I see it is business development is relationships that are generated through your time and your efforts. So that's meeting for coffees, it's meeting with clients, it's it's you know talking with people to through a buying decision. It's all of the the soft skills that go along with one-to-one communication that develops business, new relationships, strategic partnerships that elevates how you build business. And how is that not sales? Oh no, it's sales. We just don't call it that because of the snowflakes and the the tender little dandelions that are the are the lawyers out there. It, you know, sales. That all being said, that all being said, I also teach what's called sales free selling, and lawyers go, "What's that?" Right. I want that. Yeah, we want that. Right. So it's how do we how do we develop relationships? How do we ask questions? How do we listen and understand, empathize? And, and and ultimately make people more comfortable with us and then believe in us that we're problem solvers so that we don't have to sell. So instead of having to convince or pitch to get business, what I'm teaching are the soft skills so we don't have to do that. And so while you know we're goofing about sales, the reality is that there are ways to do it in a way that doesn't make you feel icky. And that's what lawyers are most interested in with me is they don't ever want to feel like a salesman or feel icky. And so I've worked my whole career to try to work through process and language to make that palpable for them. Okay. I feel like that's the title for your next book, How to Not Feel Icky. 
How to not feel icky. Right. That's that could be number five. Yes, because I I'm dying to write another book after the four I've just put out. Like I just need to take a break. That's what I'm thinking. But I feel like there is actually two sides to that icky feeling. And the the on the potential client side, it's icky too to feel like you are in that used car salesman uh position where you then it has been reduced down to price. And so I feel like those are all red flags that you're doing it all wrong. And so sales can be totally rewarding and completely empty of that icky feeling if you're doing it right. Well, let's talk about the way the world has changed in the last 20 years. And this, this will help lawyers to really understand why we don't need to do sales anymore. All right. And that is buyers have changed. So what are buyers all about? You're a buyer and I'm a buyer and everyone listening's a buyer. We buy things. Okay. We don't want to be sold. What we want is we want price and we want information and we want to be consulted and, and told what to do. Here's the solution, et cetera. Basically, we're looking for that. The problem is then what happens is people are giving you the prescription before the diagnosis. And that's not necessarily a good situation either right? Like walking into a doctor's office with a hurt arm. He says, we'll just cut that off and that'll take care of it. Well, don't you want to hear what happened? Don't you want to ask me a few questions? That might be helpful. So the idea that we don't have to go in and do pitch meetings, right? And do little finger quotes, you know, pitch meetings anymore. We can go in and we can build strong relationships, ask questions, get buy-in that the problems they have are the solutions that we can resolve. If so, keep moving forward. If not, let's move it out and figure out who might be a better fit. So that's really turning it around on the buyers to say, look, I'm not telling you you can't buy. I'm just telling you before we talk about solutions, let's talk about the problems. And let's talk about how deep that rabbit hole goes. And that's really the new way to sell is to not sell, but rather to focus on the diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. So how does this relate and tie into marketing? And then I'm going to bring this to the big question after we kind of define this piece of it. Well, do we want to define marketing now that we've defined sort of business development and yeah, that way and yeah, then, as then compared to business development? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I the way that I, again I'm not a marketing person every day like you are in the sense that I'm not you know not doing websites. I'm not doing you know social media necessarily. I'm not doing. I mean I do all those things for myself and I I can you know talk intelligently about them, but that's not my my jam. So. But marketing is how do we build our brand? How do we get the information out there so that people know us? It's like, you know, the billboard you keep passing on the road, eventually people know, you know, you're a lawyer or that you do a personal injury or whatever it is because they've seen it over and over again. So when I post on social media, when I put out my newsletter, when I write an article in the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin or publish a book or have a podcast, that's all marketing. That's all supporting the efforts I'm making on the business development side. And so what I'm saying is if you do business development on one side and marketing on the other, and you can do them both equally well or reasonably well, you're gonna they're gonna meet at the peak of the mountain. And that's where a lot of times the promised land is for lawyers that have regular reoccurring business coming in. They just need to maintain it. Okay, so that leads perfectly into this, the big question where you've got your business development efforts, you've got your marketing efforts, you should have the right team for these people because at some point, actually, this is kind of answering the, the big question. So you've got all these different parts. Now you've also got 
your cases, your current clients, you've got your past clients you have to address, you've got your staff people, you have got the rest of your life, you know, maybe your family, whatever. So how do you or can you find balance with all of these things? And if so, how? The first thing people probably need to do is consider like, what does balance mean for them? So what balance means for me is different than what balance might mean for someone who's working at a large firm billing 2,000 hours. They might think, if I can just get that down to 1,800, I'm going to have balance. Other people would say, yeah, if I could get you know, up to 1,800, you know, that would be... So you know, I have too much balance. I don't have, enough, I don't have enough work, okay? Sometimes a good way to do it, and this is not easy to do, but it's a good way to do it is to work backwards, to say, this is the way I want my life to be. This is the time I want to spend with my family. These are the vacations I want to take. This is how much I want to make. This is this is how I, when I want to retire, all that. And then figure out, reverse it, reverse, you know, kind of create it from that and then figure out, does that mean I have to work for myself? Does that mean I need to stay at a big firm? Do I need to move to the mid-market? If so, what's the right culture? Do they care about, you know, balance or are they just trying to crush hours and make money? And that's all they care about, the billable hour. So there's so many different factors. There's a lot that goes into figuring out what is balance and maybe what are the priorities that you have in your life and how can you, you know, construct that around those priorities. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like this is the one area where we do have crossover because I know that when you initially sit down with your clients, and we've talked about this in the past, and same for us, we are gonna start with that. And we start we call it strategy meetings, and you know, maybe that's what you guys call it or some other word, but it's just having a plan. And so when you look at all these life coaches that are all over social media and they're talking to anyone of any kind of, um, you know, whether they're working for a corporate, they've got their own business or whatever, it all starts with having a plan and having that defined idea of what you're trying to accomplish because you can't get there if you haven't figured out where you're going. <laughs> like, how, how is it gonna, how are you gonna, how are you gonna know it's successful if you haven't defined success to begin with? So the first idea is to say, okay, what is what does that mean for me? And like you said, life success is so different for some people. Some people want to make sure they're taking care of their parents. And so making sure that they've got that all set up and whatever the case might be, some people you know, have a totally different life plan. So figuring that out first is key. And lay, and that's the same for business development. So for your sales plan, your marketing plan, any of those things, you have to lay it all out and set those goals in place first. Yeah, and one of the challenges I have, and, and this is, you know, not an ego thing. This is just the reality. I'm, I'm working with lawyers that are highly ambitious. I'm working with lawyers who want to be business development assassins or rainmakers in their, at their firm. And so we work on that together. Guess what? We hit it. We do it. We're getting into the millions. We're getting into the big numbers. And now they're like, okay, now what? Now I have all this business and I'm getting given work from other people. And now I'm not seeing my family. And now I don't have that balance. It's like, what did you do to me, Fretzen? I go, well, we need to consider that the work coming in from your partners needs to be managed and handled in a way that doesn't hurt relationships, but where there's an understanding of what you know, what work you're going to ha handle. You've got to figure out how you're going to delegate down the work that's under your pay grade or that, uh, you know, how to have a team atmosphere versus an individual atmosphere. There's all these moving parts to take all those spinning plates and let a few of them crash around you, but keep the main ones running, spinning, and, and that's not easy to do. So that's where a lot of lawyers are finding challenges. It's like they're almost a victim of their own success 
And so we always are trying to, you know, work with them on reevaluating, replanning, looking at delegation, looking at time management and being an expert at that as well as business development because they they go hand in hand. So that is a great point and something that's been coming up a lot lately in my conversations is this part of the definition of marketing that a lot of people gloss over, which is you make a plan, but then you reevaluate and adjust as necessary. And that second part is the most important part because when you first start, your plan is somewhat of a guess. And so you're you're aiming and you're hoping to get somewhere in a general vicinity, but then if you're not readjusting and and changing your plan based on what's working and what's not working, then the whole thing is pointless. So how frequently do you sit down and re-plan and, and re-evaluate and refine your plans as they're going on. Yeah, so it's happening on a fairly regular basis. So we identify the main areas, for example, of business development, and, and I'm all about helping lawyers figure out where the low-hanging fruit is. So it's not about doing everything. It's about picking the two or three things that are going to be most fruitful to grow business, to generate brand awareness to build that book of business. That's where, you know, having your own clients today has never been more important. You don't want to have 10 different bosses, meaning your clients and your partners, right, or all your bosses at this point. You're being told what to do every day. So the freedom and the control that happens with, with your own book of business. But once that happens and you're getting the momentum in the right place, then we have to start looking at and maybe trimming that away and say, okay, so you've been doing three things. It's taking X number of hours a week or a month to do. You're bringing in all this business. All right, so let's let's stop doing one of those three things. Let's focus on the two that are working. So, for example, a great one of this for lawyers at mid market or small small mid market large firms is cross marketing. So now you're generating revenue for the firm. You're doing a little bit of management on the client relationship side, but you're not doing all the billable work. It's all going to your partners and you're feeding them. And one of my friends, who's a former managing partner of a very large firm, said, I'd always rather be a distribution center than a warehouse. So the famous famous Tony Nashar, Tony, if you're listening. So he's with Postinelli. Oh, there, I just gave it away. He's listening somewhere. But the point of that is what a wonderful way to grow business, to build originations, and then to not be then accountable to have to do the thousand hours of work that are associated with what you're bringing in. So a number of my clients find that they're enjoying and feeling more freedom and balance from being a business developer than a biller. And so their goal is to figure out how do I, you know, A, cross market, and maybe the second one is how do I get quality, high level quality introductions from the clients that love me, from the people that I've done great work for, that I have a great relationship for. And lawyers would love to say, just say, hey, all my clients love me. They send me work all the time. If you've got that type of gig, you know, aces, good, good, good job. Most lawyers, they're not getting it the way they used to. People are just too busy. So now we have to come up with strategies and ways and language to get business, to get quality introductions in a non, again, salesy way. Yeah. So it's more like the client's idea, but we have to bring it up in a way that they're going to buy into it. And that can be a very easy way to get, you know, another corporation, another general counsel, another CEO that is going to be on your roster without doing a whole lot of work. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're talking a lot about another one of my favorite things, which is just having really great systems in place, you know, and making sure that you have all of the background 
things in in a very organized way so that you don't have to be doing every single tiny little detail. And I know we were talking about this before where having those systems and being super organized, it can really be the difference between success or failure. And I know for myself, I had these amazing notebooks that I used when I was getting my MBA and it helped me to organize my calendar. And I was, I did a FEMBA program, which is a fully employed. So I was working nine to five and then going to school in the evening. And so it was insane. And if I didn't have everything organized and have it all in a, like to the point where it was a little bit OCD, I would not, I I feel like that is probably the number one success that I, that the reason that I was successful with my MBA is just keeping my, keeping it clear in my head. So do you coach your, your clients through kind of systems and organizations and how to get all of this stuff in place? Yeah. So without that, we're in a real predicament. So We're talking about delegation, we're talking about organization, we're talking about uh, automation. And I'll give you one example that has been a game changer for me and my clients are getting it. Every chance they they can get for me is scheduling. So I wanna schedule, Karen, with you a 30 minute Zoom. So I give you, you know, hey, let's get it together. You say, sure, Steve, what works for you? Then I say, you know, hey, these dates work for me. You come back, you know, three days later and say, those don't work. How about these dates? Those don't work for me. All right, so now I've got five, six emails in with you, but I'm doing that with 10 other people too at the same time. So now we've got things like Calendly, Acuity. I've got mine working through Lawmatics, for example, where I don't schedule anything with anyone anymore. It's done. All they do is get my link. It's a customized link that goes to my website that does it and I'm out and it shows up in their time zone which that I love too because you don't have to be like okay did you mean 11 central or I'm in pacific and so oh gosh that is such a nightmare it's like way too much math (laughs) But, but smart smart automations like like scheduling automations practice management automation crm automation i have something for my email called boomerang so i'm giving all these free uh, free sponsors out but you know boomerang so if i email somebody right and and i want to know that they did or didn't respond to me in let's say a week i'm giving them a week all right to respond to me they don't respond to me it pops up at the top of my inbox and says this person didn't respond to you now i send them the next email to to follow up I don't have to remember it. I don't have to have a note about it. I have to have a posty sticky somewhere. In fact, I have no paper. If you look in my office, I have zero paper. There's no paper to use Remarkable. Yeah, I was going to talk about the Remarkable next. And the other nice thing that I love about the Boomerang is especially for sales because I tend to enjoy most of sales, but it's the follow-up process that I find a little painful and you're sitting there wondering what they think and all of that stuff. And so I had to remove all of the emotion out of the follow-up process. And Boomerang did that where I don't want to even see their emails sitting in my inbox for more than three minutes unless it's time for me to do a follow-up. And then I send the templated follow-up and then I remove it from my inbox. So I don't have to see it. I don't think about it. There's no emotion involved in it at all. I don't, and I literally will oftentimes forget about it until it pops up in my inbox again. And I think there's something much healthier about that than sitting there thinking, oh, I wonder what they're thinking. And, you know, did did I say something wrong or, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. And so we need to come up with organization and automation. And so maybe getting to the point where a lot of lawyers, their email runs their day, their email dictates how their whole day is going to go. And that's not 
what any efficiency expert would say is the way to run your day or run your week. So my goof has always been, did you have the week or the week have you? Right. And for most lawyers, it's the latter. I mean, that they're not running their week. They're just playing put out the fires all day. And you're not going to be in a position to market, business develop, in it or anything and stay organized if that's how you're allowing your life to be run. Yeah, much less just feel healthy and feel like, you know, going back to the whole topic, feel like you have any kind of balance in your life where it's like, okay, you know, I feel like I can breathe. Yeah. And that's a great lead into a book like Getting Things Done. And I don't know if we're talking about that now or later, but, you know, David Allen is a game changer for me. I mean, Karen, I'm a feather on the wind. Like I'm an entrepreneur through and through. So I'm floating all over the place. I've got ideas. I've got business ideas. I've got at least 12 inventions I'm never going to do. I mean, this is the way that I'm built. All right. It just is. And Getting Things Done I'm an ideas man, you see? You know, like like old times the 1920s salesman. No. But the idea that I can run my life. I mean, I had stacks of business cards. I had brochures mixed in with proposals, mixed in with receipts, mixed I mean, my whole world was stacks of paper, all right? And you would say, "Hey Steve, there's that that guy uh, John that you wanted to introduce me to. Who's that?" And I go, "Oh, I don't know, give me an hour." And I'd sit there for an hour looking through business cards. So I wasn't running my life properly until I read and executed on that book. And it's just an absolute game changer for me. And for and every client that I work with gets a copy of that book as a part of my package going out. Because it's it, if you're not able to stay organized and manage your time, then you're going to have a real hard time growing business in a sustainable way. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to even just sit down and get your day started and really accomplish anything in any meaningful way because you're just sort of overwhelmed to begin with. So tell us your kind of big takeaways from that book. What does he kind of talk about and why is that, you know, spoiler alert, that's the the book that Steve is recommending for this show. <laughs> yeah, it is. Spoiler alert. But So think about this. We have thousands and thousands of things hitting us and bombarding us all day long, right? Coming into our heads. Emails, text work, billable, you know, trial coming up. Okay. And so what David Allen talks about is breaking it into basically four the four D's. All right. The first D is do it. If it's under two minutes and you can knock it out, do it. Just get it done, knock it out and be done with it. You don't have to look at it again. All right. Yes. I'll meet you for lunch on Thursday. Done. It's out. It's gone. I don't have to worry about it. The second one is defer it. And that doesn't mean procrastinate. What that means is actually schedule time to do something that's going to take some brain work. So you've got a 20 minute to an hour, three hour, five hour brief or anything you've got to do. Actually schedule time with yourself as though you're scheduling time with someone else, but it's you time. And don't blow it off. It's like working out, blowing off your workouts. It's not going to work. You have to commit that when you put something down in your calendar that that's when it's going to happen. And of course, if an emergency comes up, you, you don't get rid of it. You just move it along, but don't just keep moving it along in, in you know perpetuity. The third D is delegate it. And this is the one that lawyers really miss the boat on. Every single thing that you can delegate out of your life personally and business-wise needs to be delegated. So I'm my wife, my wife catches me delegating all the time and she gets annoyed. She's like, you just delegated to me. I'm like, well, yeah, that, I guess they just did that, didn't I? You know, or I'm delegating to my teenager. I'm delegating to my cousin. Hey, yeah, will you set up that golf tee time for us? Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Like, I'm just I'm like, you know, just put it out there. But 
I have a virtual assistant, I have a marketing team, I have automations in place, things that, so I don't have to be the leader of everything all the time and doing all the small stuff. There's a general rule too, that if you're doing something at 20 to $50 an hour, and you're doing that task, making copies, answering the phone, the list goes on and on. That's something that would be a different situation. So the good news is it's never been easier to find either assistants, virtual assistants, helpers for very little money for everything these days. So you don't have to do everything. I mean, I'm catching people. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite thing, sorry to jump in. Sorry, my favorite thing that I've delegated over the last couple of years is laundry. So there is an, we're in kind of a nice, tight sort of suburban community. And so there's a bajillion houses around and there's this service that we're, and I'm sure most communities have this, but we put these giant laundry bags out on our front step and they pick it up. And the next day it's back on our step perfectly folded they use like these machines like you see where like at the gap where it's all exactly the it's definitely not breaking the bank I could never be on top of it as much as that is you know and it gives me this freedom for for hours in my day and I hated laundry hated it like I dreaded it and it made me miserable so aside from the convenience and efficiency of it like it makes me a healthier person (laughs) when these other people are you know taking this off of my shoulders so you know all of those little things that you look at and you're like do I hate this so much that I'm willing to pay for it yeah then do it get done get it off your shoulders so if you're a lawyer listening to this and you're billing $500 an hour and you're doing laundry and you hate doing laundry and you're going to pay someone $50 to do your laundry a week or whatever, $100 a week, you're getting that back in spades on the billable hour and your sanity and you're getting time back. So, you know, be smart about how And you it's do- really nicely folded. Yes, that's really good too. That's really good too. And let me just, and let me wrap it up with the fourth D, which is drop it, which is there are things that you should not be doing at all that aren't even delegatable. They're just, you shouldn't be surfing the web and looking on Amazon during the workday if, if you need to get work done. Don't get distracted and understand there's things, that you don't take on that third board position. Say no to things, get comfortable saying no, you're taking on too much and it's not working out. You're not getting the balance and part of it's your fault because you're a yes person, which I get it. Like I love everybody and I want to say yes to everybody and I'm not playing that game anymore. Like that just, I want to say yes to taking my wife to Italy. I want to say yes to things that I really care about and that I can enjoy, not, you know, taking a third board position. Yeah, and I feel like this is the same kind of advice that we give our clients when we lay out a marketing strategy and we're say, we say, okay, here's what, how we're going to plan the next year. Granted, keep in mind, we're going to make adjustments as we go along. But this quarter, we're going to do X. Next quarter, we're going to do Y. And then as we're going through next quarter and we're planning for Y, and all of a sudden, out of left field, you saw something on TikTok, we're not going to get distracted by that. And so same for your life and the rest of all of your plans, you know, make sure that you have these ideas in mind and then you don't get distracted by all of those things that you say yes to that completely get in the way of the things that you really want in your life. So what's one good thing that you know that works? Well, I'm going to say something that you will agree with right away. And I mentioned earlier that I don't have any paper and I... I mean, so, so much disorganization comes from that. So I've got my remarkable two and I'm not paid by them. I'm not sponsored by them. They should be paying me. They should be paying you. 
but they don't because they've got a killer product. And the killer product is it feels like paper. Everything is put in a folder. Everything is organized. Everything syncs with Dropbox. Everything syncs with Google Drive. It is insane. Even my book cover, which you guys can see in the background or I'll just hold it up. I created that book cover on my Remarkable 2, terrible like, you know, caveman drawing. And then I gave it to my stepbrother, rough sketch, but it was enough to give it to my stepbrother who's an artist. And then within two days he said, is this what you want? And that's this. So it's just an amazing, and think about this. Now it's not cheap, right? You and I would agree it's not cheap. Okay, is a surgeon that is saving people's lives with a scalpel gonna complain about the price of an expensive scalpel that works, that's his favorite scalpel, her favorite scalpel? No, this is a tool, like anything's a tool. And if you wanna be really efficient with your time and efficient with how you manage your workflow and your and your notes that you take and everything that's going on, PDFs, loading, and then writing on PDFs, oh my God. And I'm not even using probably 20% of the functionality of it because I'm lazy in that, in that, in that sense. Yeah. So I will add my like my little nerdy thing because we've had a number of conversations now about this remarkable too. And so I have templates that I've loaded in for all of my sales calls, these podcast episodes, but my to-do list. And I am kind of a stationary and paper freak. Like I love going into these little Japanese stores with this awesome paper and this, and I have very, very, very specific preferences about pens and the tips and all of that stuff. But so I have tried everything. I've tried every kind of planner. I have tried the Cornell method. I have tried literally every kind of planner under the sun. And the problem is that I would have these notepads where I'm like taking notes on a phone call or taking notes for different things. And then I would have paper and and it would get lost. And I have a, a notepad over here, a notepad over there. And this is the only thing I've ever found that works where I've got all my notes. I can access this. Do you use the mobile app? Because they did you know they have a mobile app and I pull I it up all the time. I mean I no, I, I mean I have like the mobile app is on my phone in the sense of like it's if I need to like pull up something like some notes to look at, but I didn't are you actually putting notes on your phone? Okay. No, not really. It's so basically I really like to handwrite my to-do list because I like to cross things out and whatever. So I have my to-do list, but if I'm out somewhere and I'm like, what was that one thing? I like to just pull it up on my phone. Oh, there it is. You know. So yeah, I just reference files and stuff within my Remarkable, but that was a huge missing point. Like where if I would be, you know, at my kids' gymnastics class and my notepad was at home. Oh, well, like I'm out of luck. So anyway, I don't want to make this too much of a commercial for Remarkable, but it's awesome, highly recommended, and it totally works. It totally works to solve all of those like organizational problems that I was having. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, I, I just, and I just love how nice and, you know, I'm a bit of an OCD need freak. And so the idea that I have an office where there's no paper and I've got no folders. I've just got clean, clear desk and wood and and in my, you know, my uh, you know, podcasting equipment, all that. Like it's wonderful. Yeah, but at the same time, it it lets you take notes where you feel like you're handwriting them. So there's times when I like am writing out ideas and I'm handwriting them or I'm sketching something like you're describing. And that was the missing piece for me. Cause like I can do that kind of stuff in Google Docs or whatever, but sometimes I need to feel like I'm writing something down. And this is where that comes in. It's awesome. Well, one more, one more thing I want to mention. One more thing I want to mention. The eraser. 
So I'm a lefty and I have terrible handwriting. My handwriting's atrocious, okay? The idea that I wrote a word, I write the word lawyer and the Y looks like something that you can't even read, okay? I just quickly erase it and then I slowly write a Y so I can read it. And I don't have, you know, it's not a pen, it's not a pencil, it's not paper. I don't have like eraser junk all over the place. It's just so clean. I love it. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. Okay, so what's one big takeaway that you'd like people to get? Because we've been, we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about tips and organization and balance. And I wrote down some stuff that we didn't even get to because there's not enough time in the day. But what's the one big takeaway that you'd like people to get from this episode? Well, I'm going to say something because I hear it from recruiters every single week. And it's because I do this for a living that having your own clients is the most important thing in your career as a lawyer next to being a great lawyer. So be a great lawyer, number one. Number two is if you're getting all of your work from everyone else or you don't know where your next client's coming from, you don't, in that stress, in that lack of balance, in that just cranking out the billable hour, that isn't a great way to live. So whether it's marketing, whether it's business development, whether it's organization, whatever the case might be, really consider that you need to take some steps to get organized, to have strategy, to have process in place, to develop your own clients. That's a big part of how you can develop that balance and develop the freedom and control in a legal career. That's a really good, that's really good advice. I feel like there's all these different pieces, all these tools we're talking about, but at the end of the day, you have to have your own book of business because otherwise somebody else is really running your business. Exactly. Awesome. All right, Steve, thank you. We will link to your new book, which is Legal Business Development Isn't Rocket Science. So we'll link to that. We will also, I think we'll link to The Remarkable because we had a good (laughs) chunk of our conversation about that. Uh, And your website and all your great social media and the book, of course. But thank you so much for being here. This was such a great conversation. I feel like there's a million little nuggets of value that we were talking about that people are going to get, have tons of takeaways. Well, I appreciate you having me. This was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.